It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast. Landon, how are you doing on this glorious Monday night after the Cowboys win and an epic Steeler loss? Because, of course, those two things tie together, right? For you. I, I, they certainly do. Um, <laughs> I got to be the only person in the world that cares about both of those, right? Um, no, I think that, you know, lots of diehard Cowboys fans from the 70s um, probably feel that way. <laughs> but uh, they're probably also almost all dead now. So, I'm just kidding. The, show. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the podcast took a dark turn there. No, I, 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 uh, I, I'm doing good. I'm excited. Uh, Big win, necessary win, uh, hope is still alive. Coming up on today's show, Landon and I review the Cowboys' miracle win. Is it fair to call it a miracle win? I'm going to call it I, a I, yeah, I mean, I guess, because I, I, I would say bizarre win, I would say. Bizarre, that's a better word. Yeah. Uh, we talk about Dak Prescott, the Cowboys' rushing attack, and of course we talk about the GOAT and Jeff Heath. Let's go ahead and start with Prescott, though. Uh, we were kind of talking about this pre-show, but I thought this was one of Prescott's worst games that he's played. Uh, he ended up with uh, 212 passing yards, no passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, he did have 32 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, I just thought he struggled to see the field. And part of the reason why I, I think this is one of his uh, worst performances that we've seen from him in some time is because that Raider defense just isn't very good. It's not the same as the Philadelphia or the uh, Los Angeles Charger defense. They just don't have that same kind of talent. So I expected probably more of Prescott in this game than what we saw in those earlier contests. Um, I just don't think he was seeing the, the field particularly well. Uh, I thought the interception in the first drive of the game to uh, Dez was a clear miss by him. Pr- Bryant settled down in a, a soft spot in the zone, and, and De- Dak just missed him. So, is, that, is that what happened, though? Uh, that's for, for, that's what I see because they to me it was pretty clear that it was zone coverage. Uh, Des kind of settled right down into a spot without running into a linebacker, and I think Dak thought it was man, and the ball just sailed on him. At least that's what I saw. Hmm. What and did I, you see? I, I mean, I I I want to see the the end zone angle to be certain, and I want to see all twenty two to be certain. I mean, I definitely agree that it was uh, that it was. That it was zone, and uh, I definitely uh, think that um, there is you know th- certain routes that you know you you either run through you, you run through if it's man and, and someone's chasing you or you sit in the zone. Um, but I to me that didn't look like that's not what that looked like to me. That that's that looked what, like it was. What him. did you see? I see. I saw a guy that slowed down his route. 
I saw a guy that that basically stopped. It. I mean, that wasn't a stop into the middle of the soft soft spot of the spot of a zone. To me, that was a guy who decelerated his and then uh, and then did finish running the route. And, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't look it wasn't like he was you know making himself presentable as a target. Really, he was. I don't know. Again. I think he was settling down. But I think what happened is he was settling down. And again, this is where we're going to see all 22, but I think he was settling down in that spot and he saw Prescott or he saw Prescott throwing the ball or the ball already being thrown high. And that's why he probably was still moving a little bit to adjust to it. But yeah, that's one we're going to have to come back to tomorrow once we see the all 22. But um, I, let's talk about, go ahead. Well, you I was just going to say overall, on, on I, yeah, I just think that, um, I think that, he, I, I want to see the all twenty-two tape because to me, what I saw was uh, definitely uh, Dak holding on to the ball a little long. But I also think that I saw a lot of wide receivers not getting open in the route, and um, and I think that that uh, that was part of the issue as well. Uh, you know, I think the problem is is that we, you know, we see these plays, uh, you know, in replays. And assume that we know what the progression is, um, and see that because certain players are open, that that um, that we that Dak should automatically find them, even though we don't really know where those people sure. are in the in the progression. Um, and I think that ultimately, you know, from what we've heard, uh, I you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what the, the Oakland defense did to stop the run. Um, but I, I'm interested to see exactly you know a little bit more of what. Oakland did in the second half to adjust to stop the run because I do think that that to me um, would also require a change of coverage and I'd like to know what exactly that change of coverage uh, was and, and and did the Cowboys adjust to that because I think I think ultimately to me whatever Oakland did um, to to you know to, to kind of clamp down on the run I feel like whatever it was, Likely the collateral effect of that would have been opening up something in the passing game a little bit more, uh, but that didn't necessarily seem to happen until a little bit later in the game, or at least the results of that or, or the, the fruits of those labors didn't seem to open up until a little bit later in the game. So I guess my question is, you know, what was happening on with the receivers in route uh, during that portion when it seemed like Oakland really started to focus on stopping the run? Uh, but yet, uh, wide receivers or or the the ball wasn't getting out to the wide receivers the way it should be. But for me, there was just a couple plays that kind of stick out to me. That not to say I'm concerned about Dak, but just leave me wondering what he was seeing. The best example is down in the red zone. I think it was in the first half. Uh, Witten runs that same kind of it's the read option route. He runs a slant, and I think it was last week that they or was it last week they hit. Jason Witten for the touchdown on that route. I mean, I know they've the run RPO that in one? the red zone. Yeah, a bunch of times. And Witten kind of started off slow, and he eventually broke open, and it was wide open. But but and but where was I, Dax? Where was Dax's head looking? Well, Dax's head was looking at Witten, but what, he turned his head. But but well, here's the thing: he turned his head before Witten made the cut or made so the break what, to the. So yeah, that, so, that's I, I saw that too. Now I guess here's here's where we're diverging. Is what does that say to you? That tells me that I I think he needs to let that develop a little longer before he moves See, on to the next progression. Okay, that's that may and that may be that's interesting because that's not how I saw that. I saw that as 
the the progression wasn't to Witten, and actually that was a constraint off of that play. I saw that which it as, could be. It could uh, be. Uh, Very see, be. I thought that what was going on there is that we've put that t- play on tape so much that this was the RPO constraint to that, where you're actually running that play to that side as you know as if to look we'll be looking that side and then looking back to the back side which i think is what you know so my 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 take on that play was that he was looking the safety off like he was going to throw to Witten and then turn back to the other side hoping for a backside you know, <laughs> but the safety being, never came over. Well, that's the, the problem. The no, that's, I think wrecked. that's exactly it. Is that the RPO actually worked <laughs> like it, like it normally does, and right. as and so, it, so the backside wasn't open because they didn't. I guess they didn't bite on what we put down on tape, if, if that makes sense. And it actually just still worked. And if they had just run the a regular RPO, it would have been fine. But but I also understand why they put that in there because last week. They ran that RPO one time, and and uh, or another at least I don't know if it was last week or the week before. They ran that RPO, and somebody was waiting for it, and they almost got right. an interception. So I can see why they started to add constraints there, and that's what I assumed that was. So I guess I mean that would explain uh, the discrepancy between our feelings of that play, and I'm sure that there are you know fifty different discrepancies like that that would color our our thought process on how Dak played overall. Uh, you know, I think that I, I think that obviously the stats speak for themselves that Dak didn't have a fantastic game, and, and, and whether that's due to circumstance or um, due to his play, um, I think that what we can't agree on is that no matter what, I feel like again he was able to pull it up, pull it together enough at the end of the game, um, uh, and kind of forget a lot of the early struggles and uh, perform when they really kind of needed him to. Right. All right. Let's pause for a second to talk about draft.com fantasy football fans. Listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded draft this season. You get to play in a real life snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes and they last for just one week. You can join one right now for week 16. The best part, play for cold, hard cash and get this. Your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code LONFL. That's right. Play a real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL, and it gets even better Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they're even offering listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with the promo code LONFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, before we get to the running game, uh, just one quick note on Dak. He, he, his game would have looked so much better if Terrence Williams just catches that flea flicker because he oh, put man. that ball on a dime. Yeah, that was a beautiful um, throw. 
Yeah, and I, I I was joking around on Twitter that no, it was I a saw bad that, throw yeah. by press bad throw by Prescott because he didn't put it into his chest. But you, people you really, didn't seem to get that joke. You really needed the sarcasm font on that one because I read that one at first. And I was like, "What is? He? Oh, he's, he's <laughs> okay, okay." And then obviously after uh, reading the comments, clearly I was not the only person who who uh, who thought you were serious at first. So, but yes, uh, I, agree. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, there, there, I mean, listen. I, look, I think that. Um, yeah, it's a two-way street with with a lot of that stuff, and and I think that uh, Terrence had uh, uh, his hands on the ball, and he's got to come down with that. Uh, I think that did Dak make some bad throws at times? Absolutely. I just don't know that it was. Uh, I, I, it's it's we have I, a high I, standard for Dak. That's, yeah, that's sure. part no, of the problem. That, we have cool. a very and, high standard, and I, and I think that's that's totally cool and legitimate. And I think that um, I think that it, if I felt like this was what was going on versus Atlanta, you know, maybe, maybe that like, maybe that, that would be different, but I feel like there was actual pretty decent circumstance to a lot of the things that were going on with him in game. Um, so I, I'm not, yeah, I, I, he didn't have a great game, but I'm also not concerned about his, his play, I guess is what I'm getting at. All right. Let's talk about the Cowboys rushing attack because in the first quarter of this game, it seemed like the Cowboys might rush for 300 yards. They were just blowing holes through the Raiders defense and then in the second half, the Raiders kind of clamped down. Alfred Morris had just 11 yards in the second half. Uh, they couldn't punch the ball in from the one-inch line. Uh, they had two carries uh, that basically would have ended the game. Uh, so what did the Raiders do in the second half to slow down the Cowboys' rushing attack? You know, it's tough to say at this point without without the coach's tape for sure. But, uh, you, you know, you have to think that um, – they decided to kind of shift the onus on on focusing the to stop the run and and I guess really like I said what I I'd like to know is you know when once they did that what was you know like what was what was the change in the uh the, the you know the kind of cascading change that was made on the back end and and why was Dallas not able to take more advantage of the coverage there it, and you know it was a lot more single coverage on Dez I think Dez talked about it after yeah uh, the and, and, game but, that but, the first half said, was a lot of double coverage yeah well I, I mean he actually I thought I had read somewhere that he had said that that forty yard pass to him was the only play that he didn't see double coverage. Is that yeah, wrong? I think it was probably. I I, I think it was probably. I, I know in the fourth quarter that they went to a lot more man. No, no, uh, and, and, real quick, real quick. I'm sorry. No, just, a lot, just a lot just, more single coverage. Just because I no, I think I I'm I'm saying suggesting that I think Dez is wrong. I'm saying that I, Dez. Okay. I think that Dez said, and I could maybe I'm wrong, and he didn't say this, but I thought that I heard that he said that he that was the first play of the game that he didn't get double coverage. Okay. And they took advantage of it, as well. so it, to something to that extent. And I guess my point is, when I heard him say that, I was surprised because that didn't really seem like that was the case to me. But I, but but I mean, I, I could be wrong. And, and if it was the case, then I guess you know, if they were able to double Dez and stop the run, then I you know, I guess my question becomes then like. You know, how did Jason Witten only get five targets and how did Cole Beasley only get five? I mean, you know, like mm-hmm. I think I, I feel like they probably should have gotten more targets. And frankly, you know, uh, I mean, 
at what point is Cole Beasley from 2016 ever going to show back up? Because like, it, you is know, he going to ever show I up? Guess, I, mean, I guess, I guess not. Because like, I mean, obviously we're really late in the season for him to show up. But I but mean, I think slot, slot receivers have a, sh- a shelf life. I mean, it, those guys just don't last as long as outside receivers. We've seen this over and over again. I just, I, I mean, I'm, I was just kind of surprised. I mean, you know, he's not the high efficiency target that he used to be. Uh, and I, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with you know they paid a lot of play, paid a lot of attention to him, but I also think that he's just he's not getting open the way he used to. And, no. and um, so I, I just look. I mean, I think you look around at like you know where they were getting a lot of their really good targets, and it's not on the outside as much anymore. You know, like uh, Jason Witten had you know forty five plus yards receiving. James Hanna had a big catch, uh, you know. Kevin Smith makes a, a key first down and, and uh, at, a, at a at a key time, you know. And I just, I feel like, you know, when, you know, Terrence and 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 Dez aren't on, I I, I gotta say, I kind of feel like this team has really missed Bryce Butler. I really feel like they've missed that third receiver that, you know, if those other two aren't able, aren't winning their, your one-on-one battles or aren't able to get off and get open, that this, this passing attacks is struggling. And, and I just think it, it, it seems like last year, the idea that like that Dez and Terrence and Beasley, all three, and and, and Witten, I guess, who said all that all four of them could they couldn't be stopped. Like they couldn't stop all four of them, right? And that that the sure. odd, the odds that whoever was getting that, that at least one of them would be able to consistent consistently beat the coverage in order to make teams pay. And 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 that this year it just doesn't seem like that's the case at all. Like it just it seems like no one is able to consistently make teams pay for for covering them in single coverage the way that they were last year. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right, so let's go ahead and talk about the defense a little bit. Oh, before we get to the defense, Chris Jones. Oh, man. Man, man, the... uh, the stones on Chris Jones to make that play before, uh, backed up in your own end zone. From what we've heard all day, that was not a play that the Cowboys coaching staff called, but they've given Jones the freedom to make that play. I, not only was it a, <laughs> where they backed up, I, I think it was like a fourth and 13 or something ridiculous like that. It was he more, ran the ball. It was, yeah, it was more than 10 yards, I'm pretty sure. So I mean, and listen. I mean, I, and I've and I've kind of heard like all the different angles on the, on the the uh, uh, the punt situation, and and I kind of think that you know people. I've heard it both ways. Like people are saying that uh, the coach just called in that the you know that he had the call on it or whatever. Uh, to me, piecing the kind of piecing together like what like it was third, it was fourth and eleven. Uh, piecing together like what I got from like. Hearing Chris Jones's interview, not only on the website but in the post game interview from the from the actual like Babe and uh, uh, mm-hmm. Brian uh, and uh, 
uh, oh my gosh, Brad, Brad, Brad we're, we're interviewing him after the game. I kind of think that it was his call, but I think that it, this wasn't like a, I think this was a game specific scenario specific potential green light. So I guess what I mean yeah, it's is something is, they scouted. It's, it's, it's something that they something scouted, that they exactly. found, they, they scouted for saw. this team this week and said, Hey, if you get this situation and you are, you know, probably, I guess, considering when he called it, it was able to go. I, I, I'm assuming the rules must have been as long as you're not in the fucking end zone or, you know, like in, the, you know, standing, you know, on the one or something like the, the rules must have been pretty loose for him to have the right. the balls to kind of go out and, and, and run for 24 yards on fourth and 11 on the Cowboys own 24. So uh, I guess like, you know, they clearly were working on this specifically and saw something in the Raiders game plan that allowed for this. And so kudos to the, the, the the coaching staff for for finding this and giving, you know, trusting their play, their player enough to, you know, make this kind of call. And then obviously, I mean, Chris Jones, I mean, what a freak. Like, I mean, he <laughs> he's was, a great athlete. He was. You, you want booking, your punters to man. be good he athletes, too. So. He was just booking. Like, I, I, it was crazy how fast he was going. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, well done uh, all around. All right. <laughs> I love Chris Jones. He, if, besides being a great athlete, he's a fantastic punter. He's yeah. just an oh, yeah, absolute absolutely. asset to have. Yeah, I mean, and I've fantastic. talked about this all the time that he, he's a weapon that you have on the team that we don't really talk about too often, but he's been phenomenal this year. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let's go ahead and finish up. Just a couple minutes left. Let's talk about those rookie cornerbacks for a second because, yet again, Jordan Lewis and Chidobi Awuzie had a fantastic game, especially Awuzie. I thought he played uh, um, amazing once again. Uh, I, I'm just impressed every single week with these two young cornerbacks and their confidence uh, to play on the outside. I know playing outside corner is probably not Lewis's best spot, but he goes out there and covers Michael Crabtree, and he's not afraid of the moment at all. Um, I know he got the bad 50-yard penalty at the end, but I, I, I kind of think that was a weak pass interference, especially in that situation. But overall, kudos to those two. Those guys played an amazing game. What do you have on Awuzie and Jordan Lewis? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, obviously you know, people are going to – people who watch Red Zone are going to think Awuzie had a bad game because, you know, the two Michael Crabtree touchdowns on him. But, I mean, outside of that, Awuzie basically kicked his butt all day. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he had something like um, – and I could actually pull it up because I think I've got it right here. He, he had um, like 17 targets – or something like that for uh, for uh, Michael Crabtree, and I know that those weren't all a woozy, but I, a, a majority of them were. Um, and seventeen targets and only seven receptions for thirty nine yards. So yeah, he got two touchdowns down in the end zone. But I, I would say that you know for a guy who is going against a rookie who didn't get any training camp, and Michael Crabtree being a savvy uh, you know route route crisp running you know. Uh, Vet receiver, I feel like Awuzie had had a heck of a day, and you could you know you add in uh, him uh, knocking back Marshawn Lynch. Oh my God! Like uh, yeah, I mean uh, yeah. Listen, Awuzie, these guys, Lewis, like the two things that you notice automatically that is refreshing for all Cowboys fans who have lived through the last man decade probably is. For the first time in a long time, you've got two or th- maybe three physical corners on the outside who are not afraid mm-hmm. to mix it up. Not like not only just tackle, but tackle hard and, and solidly tackle on their own. 
Um, and you've and got- I love the way Wuzier digs at the ball. He uh, once again, yes. Crabtree caught a pass on a slant and dug the ball right out of there. Heath wasn't able to recover the fumble, but he was able to make up for it later. But yeah, yeah. just a fantastic play by Wuzier. Yeah, and uh, and that's the other thing about it is not not only that, but they're making plays on the ball. They're they're making plays at the catch point. They're you know they're they're challenging the catches you know and i think that that's more than what we've seen a lot a long time is they're 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 getting they're not giving these receivers um you know free catches all when they're they're close they're 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 challenging these guys and, and it's causing incompletions um and i think that you know to see this in their rookie year like is just so exciting because obviously you know at they're only going to get better in that, and that their timing on that's only going to get faster, and that's just going to allow for more interceptions, more you know tipped passes, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, obviously the defense has come a long way. Um, I think that uh, the the defensive backfield specifically. I mean, look, uh, you can say what you want about Derek Carr. To hold him under 175 yards passing is on 38 attempts. That's, that's incredible. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, just overall, their defensive backs played. Defensive backs played very well. <laughs> I've got a new nickname for Anthony Brown. He he's going to be almost Anthony Brown until, he's the until new he makes a couple plays. He he's a new almost Anthony. I, I thought for sure once he dropped the interception that the Cowboys were going to lose that game. You just typically you don't come back from plays like that. That it just it those are backbreakers. But um, they show their metal and they they figured out a way to win. I'm going to hold some of my thoughts on Jeff Heath. Because I want to talk about him more tomorrow in our All-22 review. Um, I, I wa- there's a couple plays I wanted to go back and watch. Tomorrow we're going to have to talk about him because not only did he make the play at the end of the game to save them, he also made the play of the, the game for me, I think, in the end zone yeah. against Jared Cook. I believe it was the play before that. Yeah. I want to have a talk about that tomorrow. So we'll save that. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We will be reviewing the All-22 film tomorrow. Uh, So make sure you guys come back, tune in, and we'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.